0: Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo. And she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Now your host, Marguerite Crisbello.
1: Welcome everybody, it's Marguerite Crispillo with another episode of Real Estate Real World. And it is a little bit overcast here in Roseville today, but I know that it's sunny where Anita is because the sun always shines on her. (laughs) So today I have a very special guest, Anita Dizon, right? And she has been, we've ran in the same circles for many, many, many years. And unfortunately, we just met not too long ago. I wish we'd have met sooner, but we just got to know each other recently. And she's doing some really exciting stuff. And I have wanted to interview her for quite a while. We tried earlier in this year, and we had some little things get messed up. So we didn't make it happen. But here we are now, so I'm thrilled to have you. So welcome, Anita.
2: Thank you, Margarita. This is great.
1: Yes, I'm excited to have you. So tell us all and our listeners a little bit about your background, because I know you've done a ton of stuff and you're pretty amazing. So tell us about your background.
2: Well, all right. Uh, I have been licensed for longer than I really care to tell people. (laughs) Uh, You know how that is at some point? You Uh, ask yourself, should I knock a decade off so people don't realize how old I am? (laughs) What? Uh, I've been licensed for 29 years. Wow. And for 20 of that, I sold full-time as a realtor and for the last really for the last 10 years ish, I have been doing uh, business coaching for real estate agents took what I knew and had been doing for a long time and I just wanted to make it something different something more impactful I think you feel the same way, oh, right, absolutely. yeah yeah and so you, you want to take your, your knowledge and all of that and then just begin to help other people so for 10 years I have been at a, um, a large brokerage house working in-house with them And just recently, I decided to uh, go on my own with Impact Coaching and Consulting so that I could reach a a larger group of realtors to help them. Plus, you know, I like the idea of having my own time back. (laughs) There's that part, too. But it's been amazing since I've I've begun that. And I would say that one of the things that really kind of caused that was this, this thought process that I've been having recently. A lot about coaching and some of the stuff that I see other coaches telling real estate agents to do in real estate to make a living and it's some of it is outdated antiquated stuff you've seen that right yeah for sure and and they're beating their heads against the wall really trying hard Uh, but there's so many ways to do things now that are more organic and more impactful that I I just felt sorry for a lot of people that were trying so hard uh, with kind of yesterday's news.
1: You know, I think that that's so interesting because, well, I know, so over the summer, I was at the Inman Conference in San Francisco, and they had this panel up there where they talked about, they had kind of had two sides of the coin, right? Where, why do people need coaches? Why shouldn't they get coaches? and they had some a couple brokers up there and the brokers who'd been around for a long long time and they're like oh agents don't need coaching they should get that from their brokers i know i did the same thing and I, and i was like well wait a minute you know it, first of all if if the brokers were providing it, there wouldn't be a need, right? right. But right. the truth is, is that most brokers are not, not only not in a time position to be able to do it, but I would say most brokers are not in a knowledge position to be able They're to not. coach with any significance.
2: I'm working with a gal right now who is at a very small brokerage, and here, you've heard this story many times, right? They went to a small brokerage because the broker said, I'll train you. Right? right and then they get there and the the broker is usually a little too busy because it is a small brokerage. So they're doing everything and if they are training they're training on things that are again so outdated uh, and this poor this poor agent was literally told by the broker don't use a coach I can help you with everything yeah she actually spoke with a loan officer and she was drowning and the loan officer was the one that said you better talk to Anita Uh, So, it's, yeah, it's pathetic what's out there, it's
1: it's too bad. So one of the things that came up too during this panel was that um, a gal said, well, there's a difference between coaching and sales training, Mm -hmm. and so does that make sense to you? Can you expand a little bit on that, because she was trying to say that what most of the top Coaches are out there per se are really not coaches. They're sales trainers. They're like selling you how to, you know, get more leads, get more leads. You know, cold call, cold, whatever that is that they're doing. Yeah. But they're like, you know, hoorah, go get the business, as opposed to giving you actual life skills that can translate into more business.
2: I agree with her. Frankly, it doesn't mean that as a coach I don't occasionally do sales training, right? As I see it, I, I'm sure you see the same thing. But it you're you're absolutely right. And she's right. I am I will do training, I will do sales training occasionally, and that's something that you can do in a classroom environment. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually putting a plan together together for somebody that is unique and individual for each one of them about how to make their real estate business move forward, setting goals. Um, you know how this is, where you, you've got the, the week planned out, you have you know your your most important things to do and stuff like that. That's not training. That's looking at the real estate industry as a business, right? And as their personal business. That's not training. That's coaching.
1: So give us an example of what you take a client through. Because first of all, I've heard nothing but rave reviews about your skill and your ability to coach. Um, People are always talking about how awesome you are. But what does... What? Give us an example like if somebody was going to come to you as you know, maybe a burned out agent Let's take somebody who's mm-hmm. kind of burned out. They've been doing it a while. They're tired. They're you know done calling They don't know what the heck to do anymore. they just feel a little flustered and burned out What right. what would that type of experience be like? What is that? What does that look like?
2: I'm working with uh well, I'm actually working with several people right now, but two people specifically come to mind. One of them is out of state. Called me, he's got a very good business going right now, uh, but it is buyer-centric and it's killing it, right? So he's growing a team, but he put together a, um, a web-based business uh, because he felt that that was the, the way of the industry and in some ways he's right, but it... It literally, as you know, a lot of those web-based businesses, those web-based lead capture things are for buyers. Right. And so he didn't realize he was spending a ton of money and getting not what he wanted. He was still making money, but it wasn't the business he wanted. So we sat down first and just said, okay, wait a minute, you know, you've got money because these ad works, all of this stuff is working for you, but it brought in the wrong clientele. So what do you really want first? And now, what do we have to do to shift that? And and actually, I just got off the phone with him about forty-five minutes ago, and they they plan the point, whatever that is. The point was spend less money and do it differently. Go organic. Find the you know because that's where sellers are. So that's something. I also had um, a realtor that I started working with again after several years, and um, he was burned out. One of them was that he had had a miserable transaction that uh, went just horribly south, as, as some of them do occasionally. And uh, it was it was one of the ones where he felt like he was just kind of like pushed and and uh, somebody just running around behind him, like poodle yapping at his heels. He just couldn't get away from it, and right. it almost destroyed his love for the business. Yeah. Additionally, he was doing what he was told to do in calling his database and saying, do you know anybody who needs to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, blah, 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 because he was told to do so. He didn't like it, but he did it because that's what they say to do. And little by little by little, all of the people that used to know, like, and trust him stopped taking his calls.
1: Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, too, because I tell people all the time, like, you know, everybody is pushing you to call your database, call your database, and ask for referrals. And I think, man, if somebody called me and asked me for referrals, I would take their call the first time,
2: but after that,
1: I would never take their call. It would go straight to voicemail.
2: Right, because the point in that is, is that you always have to ask yourself, am I making a deposit into somebody's life or am I making a withdrawal? Right. And that phone call is a withdrawal.
1: Absolutely. Nobody
2: wants to take that. Right. Right? On top of the fact that not a lot of people really actually answer their phone these days anyway. Exactly. Right? So we began to change around. And he, he is the nicest human being. That's the thing, is that it was kind of sad to think that people were not taking his calls anymore because he's just this delightful human being. So we began to switch around what he did, where it was more of of giving, it was more about uh, reminding people about who he was as a human being. And all of a sudden, within just not that long, you know, 90 days, about 90 days, yeah. right? Uh, all of a sudden his business is popping in, people want to reach out to him again, people are um, seeing him for who he is, and now they're attracted to him, they're attracted to what he has to offer, instead of being Uh, chased after by him and I think that's one of the biggest things that we're working with these days is that Realtors have been taught to chase people Instead of being being taught how to become attractive to people Which has a lot
1: to do with the reputation that we have as an industry, right? It's like if you're being stalked all the time That's not really somebody that you want to go over, you know, and and so how does that work? So what are some ways? What are some tips and tricks that you could help our listeners use to create more of an attraction business? Because that—I mean—that's how I built my business, as you know. We've talked about that for many years. But it seems like agents are just getting pounded to do cold calling and door knocking, and you know, and, and nobody loves that. Like, rarely do I meet somebody who says, "Oh man, I just love the cold call."
2: Yay! Yeah. What? Great. Yeah. <laughs> I love to make 100 phone calls so that seven will pick up and four will hang up on me and one (laughs) will yell at me and two might say call me in nine Uh, months. Who wants that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Right,
2: Right. okay, so um, here's the thing that I think is really cool is that the internet has caused us to be able to have so many ways of putting ourselves out there and so that's the new part about business that we've got so much to do and then it's still old school. Right. Right. All right, so one of the things, and it depends on who I'm working with, right? If I've got somebody that's got a great sense of humor, oh my gosh, let's use that right. in, in in our marketing in any way, because humor breaks down walls. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. I mean, uh, I'm mean, talking at uh, Plastic County Board of Realtors uh, a week from tomorrow. I saw again, that. Yeah, and so one of the things is, is I'm going to be talking about how humor causes people to immediately... Uh, just feel warm and fuzzy towards you, right? So if somebody has a sense of humor, let's use it. If they don't, then we find what else about them will cause people to be um, drawn to them, right? right? So maybe it's a giving heart, um, maybe it's a, a cause, something like that, and for the most part, the easiest and the least expensive way is through social media, and you don't have to be a genius. Right. You don't have to be a guru, right. but social media is probably one of the easiest ways to do it. Um, now, I am working with a few people where we're doing the snail mail postcards, right? But again, nothing generic. Right. Uh, something that is eye catching. Something that might even look a little bit. I don't want to say homemade, but because you want know that. But if it's too shiny, it's too nice, it's too professional looking, oddly enough, that just causes people to throw it in the round fire. Exactly. Right? So it has to be something that catches a human being. And the, the, the thing that I think right now is is that the, the buying public out there, buying meaning they're going to buy a house or they're going to buy your services to sell a house, um, is pushed around by marketing. They're, they're everywhere they go. Oh, Yes, absolutely. So they have their walls up right away, right? And yet at the same time, because they're so bombarded, they're really looking for true connection. They want true connection. Absolutely. You know, that's why things as is, is, um, artificial as Facebook, which is not connection, but it seems like it. Uh, it people feel like they're learning about another human being. That's why that works so well. That's why people spend so much time on it is because it's, it's a start. It's this, it's this cyber sense of community. Right. They feel connected yeah. somewhat because they can kind of stay quasi
1: in the lives of others.
2: Absolutely. Right? And so that's, that's one of the ways that social media causes us to be able to break through those walls. Right? And again, I'm not a social media person, but it's the point. How do you find a way to break through the walls? Right. Um, I do have a broker right now that I'm working with in Midtown who is doing the cold call thing. Right. The, the, they're, they're using conversion and, and all of that, which is not the way I love to do business, right. but it is his personality. He's, uh, he's very task-oriented, um, doesn't care. You know, the numbers don't bother him. Uh, he does drip campaigns, et cetera. So he is doing it, and it is working. But it's been a two year process really of of getting that going. It's been expensive and then there's a ton of follow up. So I mean it does work, the cold stuff, if you wanna do it, but it's it's it takes a lot of time and it's expensive.
1: So why do you think that so many of the well sales trainers, coaches out there are doing so much to promote that space and that environment. I mean, they're spending it, like someone who's, who's, who's using something like Conversion or Sync or any of those, they're spending two, three, four thousand dollars 4000 a month. Like, I was talking to an agent not too long ago who's spending $30,000 a month on Realtor.com oh leads. I am like, how can you possibly do that? Like, I mean, that's just a crazy amount of money.
2: Okay, here's what I think. I think a lot of people do that because they have a fear of being the sales agent, right? And so they—they they, uh, it's easier to hide behind uh, that uh, "you come to me" thing, right? And so they'll pay through the nose to have somebody come to them. But what they don't understand is is that they're still going to get low-dollar leads, low-quality leads. Most of those people are going to be renters or problems, you know, lease to own, which you know how many lease-to-owns work, Um, that sort of thing. And they're going to be long-term. But I think the reason that the realtors go for that is, number one, they're sold a bill of goods. You're going to get so much this and so much that. But it's also a way to not have to make that cold call or or knock on that door or whatever. And I understand that because that cold call or the door knocking, I actually like to door knock, okay, but I door knock, um, well, I haven't done it in a while, but when I did door knock, I did it in a, such a way that where people knew who I was eventually, and they actually they would open up the door and they'd go, Anita! Because I was using forced multipliers. I, they, I would find a way to be in front of them and to be of value to them so that when I did door knock, they wanted to answer the door.
1: Right.
2: Right? So it's the same thing, Marguerite. Nobody wants to be that person that is chasing other people around and so they'll spend buku bucks.
1: So that's so interesting to me because I didn't really think of it that way. Like the way that I market, I just mailed in my database every month with the goal that they would contact me when they're ready for real yeah. estate services via attraction marketing. But and I always thought of Zillow and com and truly and all those different things conversion as really more of a cold call environment like you're spending money for cold call But the way that you said it in a way they're spending money to get those people to call them Mm
2: -hmm. Right because I don't want to make the phone call right
1: because they're afraid to be salespeople, so Help me understand. What is a better? What's the better route like if somebody's saying okay, so if I don't spend any money on that then what do I do? How am I ever going to get business? How am I going to get people to contact me?
2: There's several different ways that you can do that. Um, So I always teach people that you should have at least three types of businesses that are feeding into, you know, three buckets, right? Some people say four, some people say whatever, but I usually think at least three. And one always has to be your sphere of influence, right? right? So you get to choose two. Right. Because I chose one for you, right? So... I'm going to call my sphere of influence right or maybe I'm going to text them because maybe they don't actually pick the phone up anymore exactly or
1: maybe,
2: right or maybe I've already kind of messed my uh, reputation up with my sphere of influence and they don't want to take my call so if I'm going to call them or text them you know and there's all kinds of coaches out there that will say texting is no nope, nope. you have to make you have to have that connection well uh, if no one will pick up you can't right? exactly so maybe I uh, I call my people and I have something of value to tell them. Hey, Marguerite, this is Anita. I just wanted to let you know that I I saw um, a, a really cool piece of information uh, today in Inman News about what's going to change in California in the next two months, and I thought you should know. So uh, if you want, I, you know, you could do say it, it's going to be X Y Z, and it might impact you if that matters. Give me a call back or or whatever, but you just give them a little piece of information, kind of basically like educational marketing, right? Right. You give them something valuable and then you say if that matters to you let me know. If it doesn't matter, no problem. If you know of somebody where that does, pass that information around. You don't even ask them to have them give you a call. You say if that matters to you or if you know somebody that that's going to matter, just pass pass that information on. Now what you've done is you've become the person who is in the know about something and you're you're letting them off the hook. If it if it's not a big deal to you, if it does if it doesn't fit your world right now, that's no big deal. But just in case.
1: Right.
2: In case that matters, I thought I thought you should know. Now I care about you, Marguerite. I care because I thought this, this piece of information might matter to you instead of do you know anybody? Right? Exactly. So, yeah, so it's just it's giving value. Hey Marguerite, this is Anita. I just ran across um, a new roofer that I think is amazing. And if, you, if you're thinking about getting your roof replaced, you might want to get this information. Simple, right? So what that does is that sets you up as a professional in that, in that realm of housing. It sets you up as a person who cares. And it sets you up as like for them to say, oh, thank you, Marguerite, as opposed to, no, I don't really need that. No, I don't know anybody. It's just an, oh, thank you. Right? Yes. Yeah, so the idea is basically you have to earn the right for these people to give you their business or for these people to refer business to you. You don't walk in there and say, gimme, gimme, gimme. You have to earn that right. That's kind of probably what you're doing um, as you send out those postcards. It might be something that's of value to them or it's just interesting and eventually they know that Marguerite Crispello is uh, the person who's in the know. What I want to do as well is I want to make people trust the realtors that I work with in two ways. They need to trust me or trust uh, the realtors as a competent realtor, right? They know what they're doing. I can put my business with you. And then they have to trust that realtor as a human being. You have my best interests in mind. You're not just, I'm not just a sale to you, right? If you can pick both of those, if you can manage to make both of those happen, and there's so many ways to do that, now you've got people that are looking, they will they will reach out to you. You don't have to reach out to them more than that. They will reach out to you. It's a very soft sell, and I think that's where we go. So,
1: tell, so let's talk for a moment about brand new agents, because brand new agents always say, well, I don't have a database. I don't know who... To call, I don't know where to go. Like, what's the best way for me to build my business as a brand new agent?
2: Okay. All right. So, let's say you are going to go door knocking. Maybe you're going to choose a geographical farm and you are going to go door knocking. So, then what you want to do is if somebody actually answers the door, same thing. You want to give them some piece of information that has value in regards to the real estate community. It might be something as simple as I just wanted to let you know that that house over there is for sale. and it's going for X number of dollars a square foot. I don't even know if that matters to you, but here's some information for you, and if you need anything, let me know. Simple, right? Uh, people will knock doors if they say, I just wanted to invite you to an open house. I mean, they, but they'll do that, right? right? I, I, people all the time will knock doors for that. Right. Here's the reason, because they're not selling. They're mm. just inviting. Right. Right. And so they don't feel like they've intruded. Same thing. If I give you good information, and if I don't expect you to stand at the door for ten minutes. Right. Exactly. But that's not the point. You you make a, you make a quick introduction. You 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 give some type of value, and you're gone. They will let you know if they need you. Right. Now within that, that's consistency. So you have to continue to go back and continue to give value and et cetera, but it's all value-based and integrity. I hate to use the word integrity because it's so overused now. If I, I tell you I have integrity, nobody believes me. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. But in the, in the long run, that overused word does—it is the point. They have to believe you as a human being that, that you are just out there to give value and to do it in an honest way that, that um, they can trust. It's about trust, right? So, yeah, new new real estate agent, fine. Then find people you can go talk to and just give them something of value and head out, right? Don't force something. So what would you say some of the,
1: maybe the top two or three mistakes that you think that real estate agents make that's really holding okay. them back?
2: They spend a ton of money on web-based stuff. I really do think that. And it makes them unhappy. Right? Right. So it's expensive, and they're not enjoying it. I think the a second thing that would be part of that, it, it's kind of related, but they ignore the things that they love, and think feel like they can't bring their own loves or personalities into their business. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's they, they here's your business life, and here's my personal life, and they don't the two don't come together. Right. Um, now, I totally agree that your business and personal life shouldn't be the 24-7 thing. I mean, right. that's, that's so not what I'm saying. Exactly. But if you have passions outside of real estate, so do other people, right? Um, I have a I have a realtor that I'm working with right now who loves to cycle. And they also went through a difficult time where uh, they uh, – there's so many difficult that could happen in real estate. I know. They went through the same thing, and they were very burned out. All they wanted to do, frankly, was just go cycling. Right. Right? Actually, for a while, uh, we kind of just stayed in that little pool of, we're just going to cycle for a little bit, we're going to kind of mend a little bit, right? But in the cycling, this agent was putting miles and miles and miles on that bike in the local area, right? and finding all of these cool little things in these interesting neighborhoods. So we, we've, we've melded this together now where that agent will take maybe an interesting picture of something they've seen on their cycling trips or uh, and it and, uh, on Facebook, hey, this is what I saw when I was in El Dorado Hills, kind of cool, right? Makes everybody know she knows a lot of else, right? right. Or, um, hey, I was cycling over here, and did you know this interesting, cool fact about this area that I just passed through? Something like that. Now, when that agent goes cycling, people are literally expecting to find out about real estate. Exactly. Isn't that fun?
1: That's crazy. That's yeah. and you know, to me, it's so much simpler. It's so much more enjoyable. You know, it's like that's who you are. Be a part of who you are and you'll attract the people that are like you. Uh-huh.
2: By the way, Marguerite, this is um cool. <laughs> uh,
1: I was I was hoping you were drinking wine. I'm looking around seeing what I could drink. No, I, I figured it was iced tea or something like that. For those of you who are listening and don't see audio, she's been picking up a wine glass throughout the call and um, it's only eleven thirty in the morning here but <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, we're not judging. <laughs> no I got it.
2: Uh, so, uh, yeah, so those are the things. And so here's the thing about that, though, Marguerite, is that that is not cookie cutter. Right? Okay. I had to really get into that person's um, passions and things and then help them find a way to meld it a little bit. If this person really wants to go out and cycle so much, uh, it does take away from A lot of lead generation so how are we gonna make that world come together and I really think that with with the the new opportunities that we have with the internet and with so many people uh, even if it's somewhat voyeuristic or whatever who are on social media tell the story tell your story find a way that's compelling to tell your story and they'll come to you
1: absolutely
2: yeah so yeah.
1: what stuff is next for you, Anita? I know that so you and I are in a group. We're in a yeah. uh, speakers, speakers lab, um, co-lab with Jim Pelly, who's amazing. I just adore him. Okay. Isn't he awesome? Um, every time he gets up and speak, I'm like, I want to be him someday. Um, but he, you know, he does a lot of speaking, and, and he's teaching us to be better at that. So what is it your, what is your goal? What are you hoping to accomplish in this next year?
2: So I am looking to uh, yeah, to actually be doing a little more speaking uh, training, getting a little bit of that. I'd love to get where uh, I, I'm telling this story to realtors right. and um, being, being able to help them maybe through the speaking and then maybe on some, some kind of web-based uh, training thing to help them get their businesses refocused yeah. in a way. So I would love to do that via my speaking. Uh, I'd also, I swear I keep talking about this, it hasn't happened very much yet, but I would like to start writing about that a little bit as well. Um, So the idea is not to coach tons of people. The idea is to coach a few people really well and then perhaps make that um, information more available again through uh, the the web and all of that. I would like that. Um, I'm just like everybody else. I want a little more time back. And I want to have purpose and value, just like everybody has yeah. for the most part. Um, but those are where I feel like my talents are, just kind of like you. I mean, you and I have very simple equipment. I know. I was, saying, I, I was just thinking, like, we probably should
1: hold each other accountable on the writing thing because I actually have my book, like, 95% done. I just need to finish it.
2: You see, okay, and here's the thing is that right now I'm not even thinking about a book. I'm just thinking about articles. I just yeah. love to write, Right. Yeah, maybe we should because that's the thing that keeps getting pushed to the back.
1: You know there's um so uh, are you familiar I'm sure you're familiar with Active Rain?
2: Yeah.
1: So I actually really love to write articles and stories and stuff on Active Rain because they have a blog feature you can write on there to the real estate community and I've been doing it a lot more so lately and it's you know I don't know how many real estate agents they have as part of that community but it's in the hundreds of thousands I think. And it's a great platform to be able to start writing and get a little bit of feedback and stuff like that. But you just, you know how it works, Anita, you just have to do it, right? Like you got to put that hour a day in your schedule and just, I I have this friend of mine and he says, you have to write 300 words a day. I don't care what they are, just write. And I go, but there's some days I just sit there and I can't even think. And he goes, sit there until you do, (laughs) you know?
2: Right, and for you know, and usually I come up with these with these incredible, brilliant bursts of of uh, you know entrepreneurship, or or man, this idea is brilliant, and they'll sit down and just write like crazy. Yeah. And then two, three weeks goes by where I'm just doing my thing, right? But And I, yeah. just like you, I've been told that that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. That takes some self-discipline.
1: Uh, well, maybe I need to start watching you and be like, okay, where's your article, where's your article? <laughs> or you can write some stuff for Masterclass, or you can write it for Active Rain. There's a ton of great ideas, things you could do. Because you have so much in your brain, it's got to get out.
2: Oh, I had the other day, Marguerite. And maybe this will kind of, same thing for you. Um, I am used to people asking me questions that are about them. So what should I do? What should right? I was speaking to a a, um, a very high functioning loan officer the other day and he says, So what is it about your coaching that what are the top things about your coaching that you think you're the best at? And I went, Uh uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I've always had people that just come to me and they kinda know what I do uh. we just bam, we start, right? So here's this person that really didn't know me, and I didn't even have my own thing worked out. is bad? I, like, I know. Right. Have you done that? So I I have, but I struggle with
1: the same thing. I don't know exactly, you know, so for the master class at Real Estate Academy that I've been working on, the goal is to have all kinds of people contribute, kind of like a university where you've got lots of different professors and people who teach different subjects to get a different feel because just like real estate there's going to be people who are going to work with you and love you and they're not going to like me and vice versa and I'd like to get all those people in one place right where we can somebody can check out you and see if they like your style and check out me and see if they like my style and figure out what works for them and most comfortable for them so the Masterclass Real Estate Academy is designed to be more like a university in my opinion where people can go and do different trainings and different you know learn their own way that's not the uh, fine-tuned honed answer that it should be but that's what it is
2: creating <laughs> community creating a community, yes. creating a community uh, where education is uh, yeah something like that exactly
1: right? exactly right.
2: And, and yet here's the thing is that as coaches ourselves we're continuously giving out the information and uh, we we can't see our own stuff yeah right? it's even though you know the models, you know the systems, I mean sometimes I just sit down and I write it out and I can do about 70% of what I tell my people to do, right. but I still need that outside influence occasionally that says, wow, you're um, you, you know, you're not bringing it together and sometimes someone else can hear it and then they're the ones who are concise. Exactly. So I still need to get my mentors in there, maybe that's kind of what you and I can do is we can, do it, like you say, mutual accountability or whatever to do that. Being um, being a coach in a corporate environment for so many years, that is one of the things that I realized was lacking. Is that when I left, now I am working with people who don't exactly know where my specific talents are as a coach. Right, right. And so I do need to get more concise, get clear on it. Yeah, exactly. Because people, uh, because when they did know, when they uh, and the world was telling my story within that corporate environment, I didn't need to think about that. But I do now. Yeah. Well, I'd love
1: to see us do some stuff with women in leadership, too, you know, work on that. We've talked about that for a bit. So, we're going to have to make some goals for the new year, huh, Anita? I
2: love
1: it. Well, what are some things, what are some quick tips you can give before we wrap up today? And for our listeners out there that, like I said, might be struggling, what's one thing that you could tell them, hey, go do this today and this will help you in your business?
2: Okay. (laughs) I always tell people a good plan today is better than a great plan tomorrow yes so yes. right so whatever it is yeah whatever you're thinking about doing choose one thing today and execute as Steve Jobs says it doesn't matter how perfect it is if we don't ship yes.
1: absolutely right?
2: right so ship that's what I always you know tell people so one thing do it and it does not have to be perfect so I would say that um, and then I would also say that with with anything that you do, ask yourself, have I brought value, right? And that's that's about it. Uh, I mean, if you're going to say two quick things, right? Notes, right? right. Uh, I think that's
1: value. so valuable. I mean, just to honestly, if, you're, if your focus is always on what I can do for you, how can I bring value to your life, it's going to be amazing what's going to show up in your life.
2: It is. It is. People don't trust that. Yeah. And it's... It's hard to uh, to to put a dollar value on that right off the bat, but when you start to see that your business is beginning to really pick up, then somehow, even though it may not be as quantifiable as you had hoped it to be, you know it's working.
1: So true. That is so mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Well, Anita, I'm so glad that we finally got this time together. I know we've been pushing for it for quite a while, and there's so much more that I'm sure we need to get together and do. We've already outlined a little bit of it on this call, so now we just everyone's going to hold us accountable.
2: So after this call, let's you and me talk, and let's go out and have a glass
1: of wine somewhere together. Absolutely. Real wine instead of the Kool-Aid that you're drinking. But at least
2: wait till three.
1: Well, thank you so much. For those of you who are interested in Anita's services, we will post links in the show notes and on our website on how you can get a hold of her. I do know she's one of the best around. I've heard it from lots of people. So she's fantastic, and she's going to do some amazing things. So thank you, Anita, for joining us today
2: same about you marguerite so thank you as
1: well and thank you everybody for listening to real estate real world today where we get to talk to the people who are really doing it in the real world of real estate be sure to go over to itunes and subscribe or podbean you can subscribe and we love reviews they help get us out there so the rest of the world can hear us so thank you everybody for joining us on real estate real world until next time i'm marguerite chris
0: thank you for joining us today on real estate real world where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, pop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening and go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.